1: And when we're grumbling with somebody, we can commiserate one to another. Yeah, 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 you're right, yeah, we start to grumble. We long for a person to see it the way we see it. We long for that. Now we have someone to commiserate with, and grumblings grow. Comparing becomes vocal, and soon small groups disperse, and they have a better plan, they have a better idea. Small groups disperse, and then you have discontentment and division
0: among the body of Christ. Grumbling about situations in life only bring yourself and others down. Pastor Dave is going to show you today that when you feel unhappy with something and start to complain about it, you can bring others with you to complain too. All it does in the end is to make you both miss out on the joy you could find in Christ. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 6 as he continues his message, Do Not Murmur.
1: Five times Jesus uses the phrase, came down from heaven, and they still would not believe. They still wouldn't accept him as their Messiah. They saw the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. They saw the miracles. They saw all the things that Jesus did. Remember, John didn't tell us everything that happened, but we have to go back to the other Gospels to find out all the things that happened. Much time has passed in between these. Jesus has done miraculous works everywhere he went. Healed the lame. Healed the sick, made the blind see, cast out demons. He's done all these things and they've seen these things, but yet they still wouldn't believe. What's extremely interesting to me is that there are still groups in America today, religious groups, who have a problem with the deity of Christ. They have a problem with the deity of Christ and they'll argue with you that Christ was someone who was created by God. He's a created being. He wasn't God. Although agree that he was the son of God, but they won't agree that he was God incarnate. They won't agree in the Trinity. And they'll argue with you about that. They don't believe. Why didn't the religious leaders believe in Jesus? Well, one of the reasons they didn't believe in him because they thought they knew who he was. They thought they knew him. Look at 42. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, who father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I've come down from heaven? They're questioning his heritage. They're questioning whether he was born of a virgin. They're questioning whether he was born of a Holy Spirit. They're questioning, how can you say you've come down from heaven? We know your mom and dad. What are you, crazy? How can you do this? We know you from Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus from Bethlehem. We know you. We know this. Now, Jesus was the legal son of Joseph. He was the legal son of Joseph, but he was not Joseph's natural son. And it takes us back to something else that many people argue about these days and believe. The virgin birth. We're coming up to a time when this will be assailed and assaulted all day long, from now until the 26th of December. They will assail the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin. They will attack this fact and expect you to believe it. Why? Because they're caught in a religious box. If these people had investigated the matter, if they truly believed the scriptures that God had written, if they truly believed all the prophets, all the law of Moses, if they truly went in there, they would have seen Jesus. They would have seen him. Remember what Jesus did with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus? After the resurrection, It says, beginning with Moses, he went all the way through the Old Testament, showing them where he appeared. But they refused to believe. The fact of the matter was, they didn't care where Jesus was from. They really didn't care what fear, but they were sure he wasn't from heaven. That they knew. What's interesting here is we don't see a correction from Jesus. We don't see Jesus correcting them. We don't see Jesus defending himself. Why? Because the real issue isn't where he was born. The real issue is, did he come from heaven or not? Did he come down from heaven? Jesus didn't ask you to believe where I was born. He asked you to believe that I've come from heaven. When we believe that he came from heaven, we believe that he, where he was born and who he was his father. We believe all that. Their thinking was wrong. They murmured against the doctrine of Jesus Christ. They weren't thinking spiritually. Their thinking was wrong. They wouldn't receive Jesus into themselves. But even worse, they were angry at others who did. That's travesty, folks. They wouldn't let and believe Jesus was the Son of God. They wouldn't believe that Jesus came from heaven. And then they got angry and railed at and even persecuted those that did. And this happens when complaining becomes murmuring. When we murmur, we grumble. And for some reason, when we're grumbling, we're always looking for somebody to grumble with us. Grumbling loves company. Let's all grumble together. And when we're grumbling with somebody, we can commiserate one to another. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. We start to grumble. We long for a person to see it the way we see it. We long for that. Now we have someone to commiserate with. And grumblings grow. Comparing becomes vocal. And soon small groups disperse and they have a better plan. They have a better idea. Small groups disperse and then you have discontentment and, and division among the body of Christ. Grumbling is dangerous because you're grumbling against God. In verse 43, Christ overhears their grumblings. He overhears their secret whispers. You know, it's funny because the disciples never could get away with anything. You'd be walking 30 feet ahead of them, and they could be, have a conversation about who's the greatest, and he would turn around and go, why are you talking about who's the greatest? They could never get away with anything when around Jesus. In verse 43, Jesus says, murmur not among yourselves. In other words, don't lay your complaints on each other. Don't gather around looking for people to come. Why? I'll tell you one reason. Murmuring and complaining hinders faith. Murmuring and complaining hinders one's faith because complaining has a root. And the root of these Jews complaining, the root of these Jews murmuring, the root of our complaining and our uh, murmuring is unbelief. When we're in a place, a bad place that we think it is, we don't think God can handle it, so we murmur and we grumble. You hear that all over. When something bad happens, where was God? Where was God in the midst of all this? How come he didn't show up? If he was a good God, he would have never let this happen. And you hear people grumbling all over. It's sad when believers do it. These religious leaders didn't believe Jesus' words to be true. In order for the words to be true, he would have to be God. And they couldn't take that because he was Joseph's son. Once again, physically, not spiritually. They're not thinking with the spiritual eyes. But the Apostle John wrote about this early on. He wrote about this early on in John 1.11. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Jesus said, I've come to the lost sheep of Israel, my own. He was the promised Messiah. But they didn't receive him because they didn't believe in him. They're eventually going to say, we have no king but Caesar. And they're going to say, let not this man rule over us. They're making a choice here. And because they say this, Isaiah's prophecy was fulfilled. He was despised and rejected of men. The Jews murmured and complained all the way to the cross. They murmured and complained all the way to the cross of Jesus Christ. All the way there, they murmured against him and complained against him. And then the Judaizers took up where they left off once they became resurrected. And they started coming in. Are we any different today? I did a study. (laughs) I'm amazed at what I found. I'm amazed at what I found. I need to start carrying a notebook with me. And every time I start to complain, I have to write it down. I'm amazed. This study shows that the average person complains about 15 to 30 times a day. The average person complains about 15 to 30 times a day. Why do we complain? Well, I think we complain to feel good about ourselves. We complain to start conversations with others. We complain to avoid taking responsibility. We complain to brag about our superiority to others. We complain to control others. And we also complain to excuse our poor performances. This microphone had to work. out would sound a lot better. Thank you. But complaining can be a reaction to tough circumstances. Complaining comes out when we go through a tough circumstance because we look at the circumstances and we complain. We take our eyes off God. We forget who's in control and we can begin to murmur and gripe and grumble like Job did. We begin to murmur and complain and we grumble. Why? How's this happening? This isn't supposed to happen. Let's face it. Murmuring and complaining shows ingratitude. It shows forgetfulness of what God has done in the past. All of you have a past, a BC before Christ and even a past with Christ. And if you look back on that past with Christ, you can see miraculous things all the way. Just the fact that you're still alive is miraculous. You can look back what he's done in your life all the way, and we have no right or reason to complain. Complaining is contagious. It's contagious. It can be dangerous, because we don't want to complain alone. We want somebody to complain with us. So we seek out others to complain. We taint their minds, and we try to get them to believe our complaints. Hang around a negative person long enough, what happens? You too be yelling, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. <coughs> we need to keep our focus on the cross of Jesus Christ because this pope is where we're all equal. This is where we all come to and where we are all equal in the eyes of the Lord. The cross of Jesus Christ makes us all equal, makes us all one. Complaining causes contentions. Murmuring and complaining sometimes start out simple. But often they gain momentum, like a snowball going down a hill. Other people are dragged into the fray, and they build. Attitudes go sour, and people begin to look for things to complain about. If you want some things to complain about this church, come to me. I'll give you lots of things to complain about. But it leads to division. It leads to division. Complaining is costly complaining is extremely costly notice that it brought the, what it, what it brought to the children of Israel they became discouraged they became defeated and they missed out on the blessings of God if you're so busy complaining you're going to miss out on what God has for you and your blessing that God wants to give to you spend so much time complaining in the small 25 verse book of Jude in verse 19 After he has gone through all this speak, in verse 16, rather, he talks about how deprived the apostles were and how doomed they were. He talks about old and new apostles. He goes through these whole things. And he comes to verse 16. He says, these are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. This is what the complainers do. They have flattering words and they throw them out at you to gain an advantage. Jude noticed that these are their methods and they all revolve around words. They were people of deception. They departed the foundational truth of Jesus Christ. When you depart from the cross, you depart from the foundational truth of Jesus Christ. Because at the heart of Jesus' foundation is the cross, it's the heart of the foundation. These religious leaders that were complaining against Jesus about his doctrine, they were trapped in the religious box. Why? Because they were out of touch with God. When you get out of touch with God, you become a complainer and a murmurer. When you're out of touch of God's love, out of touch of God's will, you become a complainer and a murmurer. You begin to complain about small things, and then pretty soon you complain about everything. Rumblings, complainings, murmurings are an insult to God. It's an insult to God. When you grumble and complain about things, you're insulting God. Why? Because God liberally gives us all things. He's given everything for what? Life and godliness, has he not? What more do we need? This happens when we forget that nothing can separate us from God's love. When you start to think that something can separate you from God's love, this kind of thing happens. Nothing can deprive us from his priceless treasures in Jesus Christ. To get them, all we need to do is come to him and believe. Come to the cross and believe. Notice murmurs and complainers are smooth talkers. They use words to get their advantage over others. They usually say anything, good and bad, to get the advantage. We have to remember the words that were spoken by God, that there would be mockers in the last days. 2 Timothy 3, 3 and 4. I lost my place. Chapter 3, 2 Timothy, verse 1 through 4 says this, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despises of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people... Turn away. These people are clearly out of touch with God. They're clearly out of touch with what God is doing in their lives. Paul is telling Timothy, a young pastor in the church of Ephesus, you see this kind of stuff, stay away from them. Stay away. Get away. I can't leave you there. I cannot leave you there as your pastor. I've taken you from here and I've brought you down to here. I can't leave you there. And I won't leave you there. If you tag Jude, go back and find verse 20 in Jude. I'll read it to you. I'm going to read 20 through 25 to the end. And this is where I want to leave you. But you, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. That's what God wants. This is the important thing. And this wraps it all up. God loves you. Do you know why he loves you? Because he loves you. God loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bestow his goodness upon your life. He's able. And it is possible for you to get out of a place of God's blessing. When you complain and you murmur, you remove yourself from a place of God's blessing. Don't do it. Don't remove yourself from God's blessing. God wants so much to give you, all the blessings he had for you. I told you the story time and time and time again of the guy that went to heaven. And the first thing they did, they took him to a room and opened the room. And in this room, as far as the eye could see, to the top of the room was this nothing but packages all wrapped up in beautiful bows and ribbons and all kinds of stuff. And the guy asked, what are those things? And he was told, those are the blessings that God wanted to give you you didn't take them. You didn't want them. Don't well, miss out on the blessings of God that God has for each and every one of you. Don't miss out on that wonderful thing. You're children of the Most High God. The children of Israel missed out for one reason and one reason only. Just like the religious leaders that we talked about today. What was the one reason they missed out? Unbelief. 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 Keep yourselves from falling out of the will of God. Keep yourselves from falling out of God's love. Nothing can separate you, so why should you worry about it? Even the angels that were filled up and lifted up with pride who rebelled against God. But you got to be careful of your pride and your rebellion. You have to be careful of your complaining and your murmuring. Don't get put outside of God's blessing. The Lord is coming anytime soon. He is coming. Maranatha is exactly right. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. Looking for the glorious appearing of our great Lord and Savior, he says. We realize that this could happen today. could happen right now at 10 after 11 on Sunday morning. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Well, in all honesty, my lovely brothers and sisters, in all honesty, if it happened right now, my fear is that a few of you might still be here. And that's my fear. That's my fear. And I love you too much to let you go without hearing it. I love you too much to let you go without hearing the truth that God loves you and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you. The scripture says, whoever calls upon his name will be saved. confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You want the key to eternal life? I just gave it to you. It just gave you the key to eternal life. You want to be in that time when the raw was caught up yonder? When you want to be in that time when we're raptured out of here? You must be born again, Nicodemus. You must be born again. There's no quick way to heaven. There's no magic book. You can go to all the Christian bookstores you want. The shelves are probably full with books, how to get to heaven. There's only one book you need to get to heaven. It's right here. And then it it says in John 3, you must be born again. Why do we make it so difficult? Why can't we believe that? Why do the denominational churches disregard that? You must be born again. Born of the Spirit. You were born of the flesh, now you need to be born of the Spirit. You must be born again. The material realm is going to fade away. It's going to burn up. It's going to poof. It's going to be gone. The things you possess now are nothing. Nothing compared to the spiritual things that you can possess, the spiritual gifts that God's waiting to give to you. And then he's going to present you faultless. Present you faultless. Present you faultless. Present you faultless. Think about that. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're going to be presented faultless before the king, faultless before God. Jesus bore the sins of the world. He took it upon himself on a cross. He did what you couldn't do. He paid for your sin. He paid the price. Every sin you committed, every sin you'll ever committed has been paid for on the cross. Name one sin besides blasphemy of the Holy Spirit that hasn't been paid for. You can't. You can't. Unbelief is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Don't take God's grace and run into sin. Don't take God's grace and run with it. You want to get yourself out of the will of God. You don't want to get yourself around. You may stumble. You may stumble. You may even fall. But God is right there to pick you up. He's right there to pick you up. And to tell you how much he loves you. And to tell you how much he wants you back in his arms. Don't complain. Don't murmur. Give glory to God. For God is able to handle what concerns you today. He is able. We sang a song like that a long time ago. He's able to handle what concerns you today. Anything that concerns you from... Worst possible thing you can think of to the minutest thing you can think of, God is able to handle it, and He's willing to and He wants to. Cast all your cares on Him because He cares for you. He wants you to. He's asking you to. Maybe you haven't accepted Christ. Maybe you've been coming here all this time just playing church. You know, you've heard it here at times of frittering. Love that word. Time is fleeting. It's going fast, folks. It's going fast. You must be born again. If you've heard this message and it struck a chord in your heart, there will be men and women up here to pray with you. You need to come up and get prayer. Maybe you've slipped away. Maybe you're in a place now where you thought the world was great, you wanted to go back and visit it, and you found out just how great it is. And you need to come back. You need to come back to God. Maybe you've been complaining a lot. You need to come back and understand what God has done for you and how much God loves you. It's loved you with an everlasting love. He wants to restore you. He wants to rejuvenate you. He wants to lift you up into high places and show you vast wonders. Nah, I'll just sit here and eat some garbage. Oh, ye of little faith, how you're missing out on what God has for you. How you are missing out on all the wonders that God wants to show you and do in your life. Don't miss don't miss that. Please, when that role was called up yonder, please be there with us. Amen. You are a sure hope.
0: We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab.